I ended up having a, a host of different physical ailments as well as um, mental health issues that all kind of came crumbling down on me at the same time. And the big problem was that when I went from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, right? When I went to all of these specialists, nobody seemed to understand what was going on, um, you know, or rather why, I, you know, why the stuff was going on with me. When it came to eating and dieting, I couldn't, I couldn't do it. I interviewed over a thousand women and I said, what did you do? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. What did you eat? How'd you do it? If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, and break the bondage of food, then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away, The Chantel Ray Way. And each week I have different guests answering your questions. Remember, the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice. Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode, and I'm so excited for today's guest, Dr. Elena Villanueva. She is a holistic doctor who practices in Austin, Texas. She specializes in balancing female hormones, supporting autoimmune disorders, type 2 diabetes, and a host of other things. So tell us a little bit about your own health journey, and how did you get to where you are now? Like, What helped you influence what you wanted to practice in holistic healthcare? Well, that's a great question. I um, I ended up having a, a host of different physical ailments as well as um, mental health issues that all kind of came crumbling down on me at the same time. And the big problem was that when I went from doctor to doctor to doctor to doctor, right? When I went to all of these specialists, nobody seemed to understand what was going on, um, you know, or rather why I, you know, why the stuff was going on with me. So I was getting diagnosed with, you know, um, um, panic disorder, you know, anxiety issues. I was diagnosed with depression. I was diagnosed with bipolar. Um, I was diagnosed with this really severe form of vertigo, but they had no idea what was causing all of this stuff. And uh, it started making me really frustrated and then at some point I started feeling like well maybe I was just broken. Um, the doctors would try putting me on a combination of different medications. Um, here take this antiviral. You know well why do I need to take the antiviral? Well because that might help you with your vertigo. You know take the Xanax. Why do I need the Xanax? Well because that might help you with your vertigo and your anxiety. And so that you know while I did try some of that for a little while, um, I knew that benzodiazepines was not going to be the answer for me. And I really wanted to find the underlying cause. And so my journey um, uh, really took a big turn when I ended up becoming so severely ill for such a long period of time that I ended up uh, losing everything that I had. I lost three practices. I lost my house. Um, I ended up homeless and I was too embarrassed and too ashamed to 
to tell anyone, even my mother didn't know. My son was already off in college. I didn't tell him what was going on because everyone saw me and you know, everyone in the community saw me as a leader and I was their doctor and I was the one taking care of everyone. So, you know, so when that happened to me, I really felt broken and I was too embarrassed and too ashamed to tell anyone about it because of the stigma of mental health issues. But that is when I really, really took a turn. You know, I had two choices at that time, just, you know, end it or see if I could, you know, be my own advocate and take charge of my own health. And so that's what started my journey of looking for underlying causes. And I did find underlying causes. There were a handful of them that that had ultimately led to the demise of me, you know, becoming so ill physically and mentally. And, uh, you know, fast forward, you know, now I am a leader in the field of of, of, of holistic mental health and I am able to help people around the country and around the world and I feel so humbled and grateful for that. Mm. Well that's that's awesome that you're now able to help people with that and I figured since September is actually suicide prevention month we could focus a little bit on that topic today. Do you think that that people can cut out certain foods from their diet um, for multiple reasons like weight loss, health conditions, and so on. But do you think that there are certain foods that would actually help someone from avoiding, like, like helping them with the possibility of like helping with anxiety or depression and stuff like that? Oh, absolutely. There's no doubt that there are foods that can contribute to people having some really big mental health issues, even as severe as schizophrenia and bipolar episodes. Um, there are, there are uh, you know, there is science to back it up now that shows that two major offenders are gluten and dairy. And the testing can be done to actually show if that individual is having a really big inflammatory response um, to those two types of foods. So yes, um, you know, while dairy and gluten are not the only foods that can be really big offenders, um, you know, those are certainly the biggest ones. And, you know, finding a doctor who can do um, the, the specialized testing to see what foods are going to be better for that individual um, can definitely make a huge life change in these individuals. But I would say that, you know, generally staying away from processed and fast foods and staying away from gluten, dairy, and sugar are, you know, that's going to be the, the, the easiest route for, for those who are listening today. If they just want to start taking things into their own hands and start moving in the right direction. If they remove gluten, dairy, and sugar, stay away from processed and fast foods and shop around the edges of the grocery store and stay mostly organic when they can, that is going to be a really good head start for people. I can't tell you how many hundreds of people um, we've helped them change their lives and, and, and it all started with making some food changes. Now, is there any foods that you have in your diet? In my newest edition of my book, I talk about how people don't have to deprive themselves to, when it comes to food, but everyone needs to decide for themselves, like what are their red light foods, yellow light foods, and green light foods that they just say, look, these are my red light. I absolutely, these are off limits. I feel terrible when I eat these. And here's my yellow light foods. Like I don't feel great when I eat them. What are those for you? Or do you have any? Oh, I sure do. Gluten is a really big one for me. And while 
some people can eat gluten and notice it right away. Um, I, I tend to notice it over the course of, of time. Um, it, you know, it's more of a slow response action for me that ends up giving me brain fog and memory loss. So those are the, those are the first two symptoms that end up happening with me. I don't end up with a, a severe, you know, allergic response, like, you know, where, um, where I noticed that I have like gut pain and gut bloating. And then the next day I feel constipated or I have diarrhea a few hours later. For me, it, it ends up happening like three days later. Um, and the same thing goes for dairy. Um, but the, the uh, things that end up, uh, that end up happening to me with the dairy is not only the brain fog, but I end up with agitation and then I always end up with a big zit on my face. And so that's just a really, really big clue. Uh, for me, but those are really big offenders for me. Awesome. And then can you just walk us through like a day in the life of what you eat? So like, what did you eat yesterday? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. When did you eat it? And what did you eat? Oh, well, so in the morning, I started out with a coconut yogurt and I topped it with some organic blueberries and raspberries and a little tip and trick Organic berries is the only type of berries that you should eat because as we all know, if they're not organic, they are just you know heavily tainted with pesticides, which can really affect brain chemistry. We'll be talking about that in the first part of my five-part series on mental health that launches tonight. But um, go to Costco for your berries. Even if you have to take a trip, it's worth putting a cooler in your car, go there and you can grab, at such a great price, you can grab organic produce there. And so I've got that in my refrigerator and I topped my um, coconut yogurt with some organic berries and a grain-free uh, paleo type granola. So it's made mostly with like, it's just like seeds and nuts. And then I topped it off with a little bit of local honey. And that's what I had for breakfast. For lunch, we ended up having some um, um, organic super grains topped with some uh, uh, salmon and then we chopped up some yellow, green, and red bell peppers. Um, I find that whenever we do food prep at the beginning of the week, especially for lunch and dinner, it makes it so much easier to just grab and go. And one of the things that my husband and I love to do is um, get a smorgasbord of colorful vegetables. And it just looks so pretty out on the kitchen counter whenever we're chopping everything up. And we'll put all of the different, like all of the peppers, and the, and the chopped tomatoes and the purple onion and whatever vegetables, you know, the avocado, we'll put all of that in containers for the week. And then this way we can just, um, you know, grab and go for our salads and we'll top it with some protein. And for dinner last night, um, my husband had picked up a magazine on clean eating soups and stews as we go into the fall and winter. And we, we did a a soup or rather it was more like a stew and we substituted the chicken for some lamb and um and so it had lamb it had um uh the uh, butternut squash and we added some cauliflower to it and then it had like a garam masala type base um for the spices and it was just really really good really nice and warming for the area that we're in because the nights are starting to get cooler now Awesome. Well, let's jump right into the listener questions. 
And this first one's from Nicholas in Newark. I've been on an anti-anxiety medicine for about five years. I'm not really happy with it and not a fan of the side effects I get from it. I've actually been wanting to get off of it for a while, but I don't want to completely stop taking it though. What can I do to start weaning myself off of it? And is there a more natural supplement I can take in place of my current prescription? That's such a great question. So I always tell our clients when they come to us and they're wanting to get off of their medications, look, you know, let's figure out what the underlying causes of the brain chemistry imbalance really is. And let's figure out which brain chemicals that it's actually really affecting. And let's start supporting and addressing and correcting those so that you can wean off of your medications. Because if you try to wean off your medications um, before, you are, before you start addressing the underlying problem, um, most of the time um, that ends up in a failed attempt. And we've seen that many, many times. That would be like trying to put the crutches away before your leg has fully healed. Let's allow the leg to heal first so that then you can successfully get off your crutches. And so that's the same thing when it comes to brain chemistry. And so, you know, if you're wanting to get off of your medications, we find that over 90% of the time, and that's a really high number, people are successfully able to wean off their medications, um, but they first need to find out what the underlying cause of the brain chemistry imbalance is and which combination of brain chemicals is actually out of balance. Most of the medications that are prescribed to people are designed specifically to address serotonin levels. And oftentimes when we start digging deeper, we find that it's not just a serotonin issue that's the problem. And that's why every time people try to get off their medications, they're unsuccessful at it. Mm, awesome. All right, this next question is from Patricia in Portland. I gave birth to my son back in July. The entire pregnancy, I was so excited and happy and just couldn't wait to hold my baby. Recently, I just started to feel sad and depressed all the time. I love my son, but I don't feel as happy as I was before. Am I experiencing postpartum depression? Is there anything I can do to help it? And I feel like, and will I feel like this forever? Oh, I'm so sorry you're struggling with that. You know, women's bodies go through some massive, massive changes when we're pregnant. And many of us were, were not um, optimizing our bodies before we got pregnant. And so our bodies can really get depleted during the pregnancy. There are many different um, underlying causes that can make you feel the way that you're feeling with the postpartum depression. And whenever we see that, um, you know, we oftentimes see that while brain chemistry can be a little bit of a factor, there are usually other things that are going on too, like the development of a, of, of, of a struggling thyroid um, or that the hormones are not in balance um, or that the adrenals are a little bit stressed. And so we oftentimes want to look deeper so that we can look at all of the different organ systems that contribute to to uh to how we're feeling and our mood and our sleep patterns and so taking a really deep look at your thyroid your hormones your adrenal function your gut function and your nutrient status is probably going to be the best bet for you in helping you to feel better. There's probably something going on that your doctors just haven't discovered yet and the difference between 
when you go to your regular family doctor and when you go to a functional uh, coach or a functional nutritionist or, or holistic doctor is that, you know, if your doctor checks your thyroid, um, he, he may only, he or she may only check just one, one or two markers on the thyroid, like T4 and maybe, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, like TSH and maybe 3T3. That's very, very common. Um, and they may take a look at it and go, well, everything looks fine. But the problem is that, number one, their values or ranges of what's normal doesn't really fit what might be optimal for you. So you may indeed be, you know, hypothyroid or have a sluggish thyroid, but it's not showing because, you know, because of their ranges of what they see as normal, which is a huge range. And then secondly, you know, you may have um, a thyroid hormone that actually has become out of balance, but because the traditional medical system um, doesn't, doesn't deem, you know, checking an entire thyroid panel as medically necessary, your doctor's only checked a couple of different items on your thyroid. But when you go to see a holistic doctor, they're going to look much deeper um, and they're going to check a whole bunch of your different thyroid hormones. In fact, they're going to look at all of them and they're going to look at a, at a more, um, optimized range, which is a smaller range. And so, you know, you might want to go and find a holistic doctor if you don't already have one, get a functional blood chemistry panel, get some um, uh, um, hormone testing with your adrenals included, and just have them um, also take a little sneak peek at your brain chemistry as well. Um, and so it's totally fixable. The things that I told you are the most common things that we see when women start struggling after they have their babies. Hey guys, I hope you're enjoying the episode so far, but as you know, I've interviewed over a thousand women and every time I've watched a thin eater eat, I realize that maintaining a healthy weight is a skill that can be taught and mastered over time. That's why I created a video course that will teach you all the tips that I learned to help me lose over 30 pounds. It's way more powerful to watch the thin eaters than even to listen or to read it. Go to ChantalRayWay.com video for a free glimpse. If you're wanting to take yourself to the next level, everyone needs a coach. Every professional player has a coach. We want to come alongside you and help you in your journey. Go to ChantalRayway.com coaching. I just had someone listen to the audiobook three times and she just emailed me and she said by her listening to the audiobook three times, that's what did it. That's what allowed her to really lose the weight. We have an amazing offer for you. It's the second edition of my book, which has tons more information. It has the audiobook, the ebook. It normally runs for $29.99. You can get it today for $4.99. Go to ChantelRayway.com slash deal to get it. Now back to the show. Okay, this next one's from Stephanie in Little Rock, Arkansas. I'm pretty convinced that I have parasites, but all the tests for naturopaths are hundreds and hundreds of dollars to see if I have parasites. I don't mind paying it, but why should I if I already know I have them? I went in the bath and after I got out, I found two little worms and my butt itches at night, so I know I do. But does it matter which parasites I have and which supplements I need to get rid of that parasite? I read something that my dermatitis is caused by parasites, and I also read that dairy and sugar causes more parasites. I made a goat milk bath and put it in my bath, and I think the milk bath is what took the two worms that I saw in my bath. Can you get a guest to talk about parasites and give us as many details and the cures that will help? 
Stephanie in Little Rock. Yes. So let's talk about parasites for a minute. Uh, so mm -hmm. many people actually do have parasites. And it sounds like not only do you have uh, many of the classic symptoms of parasites, but you've actually visually seen them as well. So the thing about testing with paras testing for parasites is that testing for parasites can be very elusive. That's one of the types of infections that can be very, very difficult to identify on testing. Sometimes you can find it on testing and sometimes you can't. And so, you know, if you've already seen them and you know that you have them, I would recommend that you go ahead and start on an antiparasitic protocol. And there are a combination of, 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 different, uh, of different products that you can use. Um, one of my favorite are the products from Cellcore Biosciences. Uh, Dr. Jay Davidson um, is a good friend of mine and he's developed those products. But there are so many on the market that you can use. And, um, and it's, you, you can certainly do this without the testing. Um, this, is the, this is what you wanna know about, about parasite uh, elimination. It can take a little bit of time. It's not gonna necessarily happen in a month. So I would plan on doing an antiparasitic protocol for probably three to four months. And if you are seeing any more parasite release, towards the end of that third or fourth month, then just plan on continuing it for another month. We've seen people go anywhere from three months up to seven months releasing parasites. I had one patient who came to me with type two diabetes last year, and he was about 100 pounds overweight. And um, uh, one of the things that we had to do with him is to uh, do an antiparasitic. And he was dumping parasites. So he didn't start dumping parasites till the end of his third month. And when he dumped them, he literally filled up the toilet. He said it was the grossest thing he's ever seen. Oh my gosh. He, he was dumping parasites until the end of month seven. Um, fast forward, this guy is no longer on any of his diabetes meds. He's lost almost a hundred pounds. And he had a ton of symptoms, right? But, but uh, you know, I just wanted to, uh, to talk to you about that because it can take some time. Um, he had so many parasites and they were, they were buried into the biofilm that, the, that they had created. And so it just took months and months and months to, to you know, get rid of the layers that, he, that, that had been built up inside of his gut. And so I would say just, you know, take your time with it. Um, if you go and check out, I'm just giving you this, this one resource of, 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 of Dr. Jay Davidson that you can look him up and, uh, Chantel, you might want to do a, you, you might want to do a, uh, an interview with him. Yes. Uh, absolutely amazing. He and his partner and, uh, they can talk parasites all day long and they've got some amazing, amazing, amazing stories, but they've got some really wonderful products. They do what's called a full moon challenge because during the full moon, you can really um, eliminate a ton of parasites. Um, you're right. You do want to, um, you know, stay off of things like dairies and sugars, um, because that does feed the parasites. Um, and so, and so, yeah, definitely. You don't need to worry about the testing, but I would just plan on a minimum of three to four months of antiparasitic protocol if you're going to go ahead and go down that route on your own. Um, so explain what does the the full moon, why, why when it's a full moon that you can get rid of the parasites? That's very interesting. So um, parasites um, are, you know, obviously they are an animal and they tend to be cyclical in their reproduction stages. 
Um, so not only do they tend to be a little bit, a little bit more on the nocturnal side, when our hormones are shifting, um, you know, from, you know, uh, like for example, when our melatonin shifts from high to low on a, on a 24 hour cycle. Um, and, um, but, but also, um, around the full moon, they become very, very active. And since they become very active around the week of the full moon, that's a really great time to throw in a bunch of the antiparasitics so that you can catch them when they're in their most active state and get them to be exposed to the antiparasitics so that then you can eliminate them. Wow. Awesome. Okay. Next one is from Lucy in St. Louis. I'm a 38 year old woman and I've always had slightly low iron, but recently I've been getting really lightheaded when I stand up. I get dizzy throughout the day and I've been getting muscle cramps, especially in my legs. Could it all be related to the low iron or could it be anemia? If so, what food should I be eating to raise my iron levels? That's a great question too. So anemia can be caused from different things. You can have a, an iron anemia, or you can have a B vitamin, like a, a B12 anemia, for example. So anemia can mean different things, and we want to figure out what type of anemia that you might really be having. Um, also, iron levels can change from month to month. And so we, want, we, we would want to know, you know, it's a it would be difficult to really know, is it an iron issue right now at this very moment? And, and also, you know, when you say that your iron is low, what does that really mean? Because let's go back to, you know, the allopathic model and their ranges of normal, and then the holistic model or functional model and their ranges of normal, the optimal ranges. You could be on the low end of what's considered normal, you know, the normal range by your doctor, and that could be really insufficient for you. You know, iron is needed in your body to produce red blood cells and for proper thyroid function, and so that uh, and so that you can make your your brain chemistry. It's needed for so many different functions in your body, and so you know you might be on the low end. Uh, you know, of the traditional medical model range, but that, but that's leaving you depleted where you're feeling horrible. No, you're not in an emergency situation where you're dying or you've run into some critical condition, but you may, you know, but you may be at that very, very low end. You also may be very, very low on your vitamin D. Most people we find um, in this country are, you know, 95% of people are extremely low in their vitamin D. And the allopathic or Western medicine range for vitamin D is like anywhere between 30 and 100. Well, if you're at 30, you know, you could have your hair falling out and you could be extremely exhausted and feeling sick every day, but your doctor can look at your blood and say, oh, everything's fine because you're at like 32. Well, you know, you want to get your, your vitamin D levels up between, you know, 60 and 100, which is the optimal or functional range. So there could be several things going on that are making you feel, feel tired and feel dizzy. It could be low vitamin D. Uh, it could be low iron. It could be that you are really, really low in your folate and your B12 uh, vitamins. You know, all of those three things your body uses every day, all day long. And so you want to check that out. You also want to check your hydration levels because you could be really, really dehydrated, which could be giving you uh, an electrolyte imbalance. And so there are several things that you're going to want to look at. And, you know, if you, if you really want to, be, you know, give it a data-driven approach, you know, find yourself a holistic practitioner 
who can do a few labs on you and check that. But at the minimum, if you're going to, you know, do it alone, make sure you're drinking around, you know, 80 to 100 ounces of purified water a day. Go to the store and buy yourself some quality electrolytes. Vega brand is found like over at Whole Foods and all of your nicer grocery stores. And, you know, put a scoop of electrolytes in your water a couple of times a day. Go and find yourself um, online like a good quality methylated B12 and methylated folate vitamin um, and take that every day. And um, as far as the vitamin D, you know, maybe, you know, I would say 5,000 IU of vitamin D with the vitamin K combined, um, you know, in the same capsule would probably be a really good bet for you um, because most people, like I said, are depleted and 1,000 IU a day, which is what's typically found, you know, um, over the counter, um, typically is not enough to bring someone who's deficient back up to normal levels. And then as far as the iron, you know, I wouldn't just take iron without really just having that checked in your labs. And the same thing goes with the vitamin D. And that's why I mentioned, you know, a little bit of a, of a lower level around the 5,000. Awesome. Our next question is really awesome. It is a girl who give, gave us her thyroid um, lab work. And she said that her doctor had said that all of her numbers are normal and she'd like an opinion from a somebody who's a naturopath. Um, should I read these to you or do you feel comfortable saying what your opinion is? She gives us her TSH, her T4, her T3 uptake. Um, would you want to talk about that at all? Sure. Okay. All right. So her TSH is 2.7. Her T4 is 6.2. Her T3 uptake is 29.4. Her free T4 is 0.98. Her free T4 is 1.8. Her T3 is 119. Her total T3? Total T3. Okay. Her T3 free is 2.8. Her anti-TPO is less than 10. Her PTH3 is 55.6. And her reverse T3 is 17.3. Okay. So it looks like somebody did do a really full panel for you. Um, Looking at um, some of the, the you know, end product thyroid hormones, your TSH is 2.7. So I'm going to touch on a couple of these. I'm going to touch on your TSH, your total T4, total T3, and your TPO. We're just going to kind of just dial down on those. Um, total TSH is 2.7. A functional range typically goes between like 1.8 and 3. So that is actually looking okay, but we want to look at other numbers as well. Your T4 is 6.2. Um, that actually looks okay inside of the functional range. I'll take that. Your total T3, we want to see that, you know, between like 100 and 180 optimally. So it looks like you're having a good thyroid hormone conversion from, you know, from T4 to T3. Um, and, um, and your TPO, it says less than 10. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of curious, you know, what that number is. You know, you might be showing a slight little tiny antibody response, but it doesn't look like it's overall affecting your end thyroid numbers. Um, you know, total T4, total T3. It doesn't look like it's, it's ultimately affecting that. Um, 
my question to you would be, are you having thyroid symptoms? And, you know, tell me what those are. Are you feeling tired? Is your hair falling out? I'm really, I'm really Ellen Jefferson in Houston, Texas. Yeah. I'm really, really wondering about that because if, if, if you're having like those types of symptoms, you know, you're really, really tired, your hair's falling out, you know, um, let's, let's take a look at your vitamin D levels because your vitamin D levels might be bottomed out. Even if you're getting sun, even if you live down in the, in the Southern latitude States, we are still seeing a lot of people that are super, super deficient in their vitamin D. Let's also take a look at your B12 and your folate levels and your B6 levels. You know, genetically, some people will have um, uh, SNPs or mutations in their in, in certain genes that don't allow them to synthesize their vitamin D properly. And so even if they are out in the sun, they're still going to be deficient. And the workaround is to take a vitamin D K. And then there are other people who can have issues where you know they may be showing. Um, really nice normal levels of B12 and folate in their blood, for example, but it's not getting up into the cell. And that's a genetic issue that is also easily remedied by giving a methylated folate and methylated B12. So it looks like your thyroid is actually looking okay. Um, I'm wondering if there are some other factors that are giving you those same type of symptoms. Whatever, so whatever like this, said, this is a pretty full panel. Is there anything that wasn't tested on here that you feel like this was, you know, do you feel like this was a full panel or would there be anything else besides what was tested here that you would actually test as well? Um, well, it, you did mention the TPO antibody, but I don't think you mentioned the TGA antibody. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, but the other thyroid hormones, that's pretty, that's pretty, that's a great panel. And the, just the TGA antibody was, was missing. And, and since the TPO was less than 10, what does that mean? Was it eight or nine? Because in the, in the, in the functional world, we might kind of raise our eyebrow and go, hmm, you know what, let's kind of like, let's dig a little bit deeper. And you might want to look at your TGA because the TPO antibody could be, you know, normal, but the TGA is off or vice versa. And so we definitely want to take a look at that because if in fact your antibodies are swinging high, um, then that could make your thyroid swing also. And maybe at that snapshot in time, your thyroid actually looked good, but maybe the month before it didn't look so good. And that can give a person even like bipolar symptoms where their mood is just swinging back and forth. You know, that's what, um, that's what's called Hashimoto's. Um, it's considered an autoimmune issue. Um, again, you know, in the allopathic world, they say that a lot of doctors don't even like to test for it because there's not a pharmaceutical to address that. But in the, in the holistic world, you know, we love working with that because we know how to address autoimmune issues. And so, you know, we can very successfully get the antibodies back down. And do you think that some of the thyroid issues might be caused by people having parasites that people don't know about, that the parasites are attacking the thyroid gland and that's maybe part of what it is, is they keep going to the doctor, they can't figure out what's going on and that they, it could just be parasites that is attacking it as well. It totally, it totally could be. You could have parasites, uh, viral patterns, that are uh, that are taking residence in the thyroid. You could have bacterial patterns that are taking residence in the thyroid. There could be a lot of different uh, factors that can affect the thyroid. This is the thing: if the thyroid is out of balance, um, the answer isn't oh you have hypothyroid, take this, or you have hyperthyroid, take this. Now 
The answer is, well, let's find out what the answer is. Let's look deeper and let's understand why your thyroid is out of balance. Is it some sort of underlying infection? Is it that you've got some sort of a nutrient deficiency? Because you've got to have a lot of different nutrients for you to have proper thyroid conversion. You need B12, you need B6, you need iron, um, uh, you know, you need, uh, you need selenium. Um, I'm sorry, uh, not selenium. Uh, you need different nutrients in order to have a, a, you know, proper thyroid hormone conversion. And so if we're having, um, uh, if, if, if we're having thyroid hormone conversion issues, it's just really important to go in and actually start, you know, looking at what the underlying causes are. Awesome. Well, I do have to, that's all of our listener questions. I do have to ask you what you do to your skin because your skin is absolutely gorgeous. Is there any products you use or do you think it's just that you eat really clean that kind of through your gut just has it where you're not eating dairy or not? Do you ever eat dairy or do you ever eat gluten? Well, I'll Honestly, yeah, sometimes I do. And it's very, very rare though that I do it. And I know that I'm gonna struggle after I do it. Um, we, were, we were moving recently. And um, on the last day of our move, when we had like nothing in the house, um, we, we, ended up, uh, we ended up eating a gluten-free pizza. And it had you know, cheese on it. I ended up with the biggest like cyst right here, like right here above my right eyebrow and it stayed for like five days. And I knew that was going to happen. Like I knew it was going to happen, but I was tired. I was exhausted. I was cranky because, you know, there were boxes everywhere. And I mean, that's real life, right? I mean, that's, that's just real life. It just does happen. Um, but thanks for the compliment on my skin because I have not always, my skin has not always looked like this. When I was really, really sick, my skin looked horrible. I had cystic acne all over, you know, the bottom part of my face here. And then on either side of my nose, I would get these really, really big uh, cysts and they would never come fully out, but they would just hang out there and uh, they were super painful. It would take them, you know, a month to go away. And as soon as it would start going away, another one would come out and it ended up leaving a bunch of hyperpigmented scars all over my skin and, um, you know, changing my diet has changed my life in more ways than just helping me feel better and helping me recover from what the doctors told me, what, you know, giving me all these diagnoses of all these mental health issues that was just so bogus. Um, it's really helped my skin as well. And uh, there are, you know, there are a combination of different products that I love to use. Um, Tata Harper is really, really awesome. Um, she is out of, I think, uh, the Vermont area, and she has a wonderful story um, behind her products. The doTERRA products are really, really nice too. Those are natural, and my skin just eats it up. And you know, those those essential oils are really, really nice for your skin. And Tata Harper stuff, you know, has a, a essential oil bases in it too. And then there's Eminence products, so I like to use the Eminence products. And so I use a combination of those different products. And the really cool thing is that they really work. <laughs> those products really, really do work. Now you've got to start from the inside out though. And, you know, if you've got toxins in your body or you've got parasites, you know, or some sort of underlying infection in your body, you know, and, you know, combined with your eating 
eating foods that are causing inflammation in your body, you're never going to be able to have the beautiful skin. I'm almost 50 and my skin looks better than it's ever, ever looked. Wow. Like, yeah. Yeah. You look amazing. If you're you're listening to this episode, you've got to go onto our YouTube channel and watch it so you can see how beautiful her skin is and how incredible she looks for her age. Now, tell us exactly where can listeners follow you and find out more about you? Our listeners can go to modernholistichealth.com and they can find us there. And I'm really excited about, uh, about our upcoming five-part series on redefining mental health. Um, that launches tonight and we will be uh, launching a new episode for the next uh, five Tuesdays. And if, if any of your listeners are interested in learning about evidence-based data-driven solutions, for figuring out what the underlying causes are of not just you know mental health issues like anxiety and depression and bipolar and schizophrenia, but some of the issues that are affecting um, some of our um, older population. And when I say old, it's actually happening in, with people my age as well in their 50s, like Alzheimer's and dementia and Parkinson's, they can go to fixmentalhealthnow.com and they can register and that series starts tonight at 7 p.m central awesome well thank you so much for joining us today and if you have a question that you want answered go to questions at chantalrayway.com we'll see you next time bye-bye bye thanks Hey guys, thanks for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, it would mean the world to us for you to leave a review on iTunes to get this podcast out to others that may have the same questions that you do. And as always, if you have a question that you want answered, email those to questions at chantelrayway.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.